0: Trick-or-treat everyone, since tomorrow is Halloween, we decided we would do a scary Halloween episode. And what is more scary than the many, many things that can and often do go wrong during your PhD? The following episode is not for the faint of heart, or those considering starting a PhD. Given the significant nature of this content, listener discretion is advised. Sit back, grab some Halloween candy, and prepare to lose some sleep from these scary PhD stories. Welcome to the 67th episode of the Struggling Scientists podcast. We are a podcast by scientists, for scientists, anyone science-adjacent, and perhaps even hobbyists. My name is Jaron, and I'm here with my co-host, Suzanne. Hi! So let's start.
1: Welcome to our scary science stories episode. As the viewers on YouTube can see, we're channeling some major Halloween vibes today.
0: Yes, with Suzanne going full jack-o'-lantern, pumpkin, red widow... Sorry, that's a string of words I could only find to describe her right now. But it is accurate.
1: Uh, And J-Ron amplifying his uh, usual creepiness by wearing a button-up shirt, uh, which is mostly scary for him, of course, with additional pumpkins. Uh, But don't worry, he's still wearing his usual meta shirt underneath. (laughs) We've already gotten off to a pretty scary start, if you ask me, with uh, the alternate reality version of the intro done by J-Ron. Scary
0: indeed. It wasn't that bad. I, I feel like I had my own personal touch to it. <laughs> <laughs> so for this episode, we also asked our followers on social media to submit their scary PhD stories. And we got quite a few responses that we'll that we'll cover in this episode.
1: We have horror in all forms today, from fungus overtaking the lab to clumsy supervisors ruining your thesis and so much more. Uh, so let's just get right into it with our first story, Jaron.
0: Yes, so the first story we've titled Wired to Self-Destruct um, and for, for many of the stories the people have chosen to be anonymous so these are, ba- these are actually based on real life <laughs> um, So the first story starts like this I was presenting my results to my advisor We were watching my laptop screen and the hard drive was connected to the laptop They stood and tripped over the hard drive wire The hard drive never came to life It had the work of over six months on it
1: oh no it was all gone yeah, does, oh God. yeah. <laughs> that is pretty scary
0: i think it also depends on the, the magnitude of the scariness like when exactly in the phd this happens <laughs> <laughs> maybe early on it's better than later on <laughs> perhaps,
1: perhaps but six months is still a lot that is a lot yeah yeah and then you do think you have it all backed up on a hard drive but if that's the only space you have it it's not good enough
0: that's that's where we need the cloud people
1: We need the cloud. The cloud. (laughs) We need a cloud and a hard drive and and the computer and the backup computer.
0: That's what we need. Yes.
1: Our next story uh, is called One Man's Trash is Another Man's Thesis. Um, Story goes like this from uh, an anonymous person again. I accidentally deleted my thesis draft while dozing off, but thank God it went to the recycle bin instead of permanent delete. So this has a happy ending.
0: No, exactly. I mean, this is a regular Hans Christian story right here. No. Mm. But I I honestly do wonder how many button clicks, depending on where you are in like writing your thesis, does it take to get to like actually get it to the recycling? Because you still need to confirm that you want to delete something. Do you? I think so. I mean, I think maybe you can turn it off, but.
1: I don't know. What I'm wondering is, like, where is version, like, 1.1.6? Uh, yeah, <laughs> version
0: <laughs> Version 7, final, final. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly.
0: I, I mean, it shouldn't be the end of the world. Uh, mm. So uh, It
1: was still a draft, so maybe this was before the supervisor got his hands on it.
0: True, true. But I'm still wondering how many button clicks it took to do it. Like, you you act, something on, subconsciously wanted to get rid of this teaser draft uh, when they were sleeping at the computer
1: yes okay next story
0: yes so our next story we've titled the admin from hell so i have to preface this the it's not a phd horror story as the person themselves uh, alluded to but it happened right before i got into my phd program actually that's so good yes uh the 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 broad story of phd life so the year is 2021 they're sketching the timeline really good really good stuff here Mm -hmm. Uh, the year is 2021 I'm bright eyed and excited because I just passed my master thesis with distinction, but that's besides the point. Our university has a whole list of admin that needs to be completed after you've passed to gain entry into graduation. When I tell you I triple checked my admin, I mean I checked it probably 10 times. My supervisor at the stage, like most academics I would soon learn, is horrendous with admin, so I made him check everything with me. The graduation day finally arrives, but I haven't received any form of communication from the university. My supervisor and I brushed this off. It was still COVID and all of our ceremonies were online. So some emails and communications got lost in the void. But my name never gets called. My whole family is watching this ridiculous online ceremony where names are flashed across the screen and my name never shows. I panic call everyone I know in almost every position at the university, excluding the dean. My supervisor, also incredibly upset and confused, finally calls me back about an hour later. I am distraught at this stage checking over everything again to make sure we didn't miss something. But no, we didn't miss anything. My supervisor clearly annoyed tells me the issue was with the head of our department. I can't go into much detail, but you'll get an email from her soon. This is how I realized academics suck at admin. She never CC'd our admin people into an email she sent indicating I had passed. So the email never got sent through to the graduation organization or the dean. I got a special certificate from our dean about a week later and numerous amounts of our sincerest apologies uh, emails. From that day, I made it a point to never be an academic who sucks at admin. Other people's futures could be on the line.
1: That is so true, though. Yeah. That, that, but then your whole family is watching mm. your graduation and you're not, oh, that's, so, yeah, that that's must, such a horror story.
0: I can only imagine these these ceremonies took like at least an hour or two of just names slowly passing by and you're like alphabetically this makes no sense why, why have i not happened yet yes <laughs> so oh. that that and then yeah i mean at least they, they had a supervisor who they could contact and try to get the entire situation fixed and stuff like that but damn that that is awkward
1: that is very awkward okay the next story we called the lab hunger games and it's a bad one that i can tell you again from an anonymous uh, send-in I've worked in a very successful lab in the U.S., about 50 people altogether, where the PI had a great idea of giving the same project to two or three smaller groups consisting of one to two PhD students and one to two postdocs. Meaning that the first group to publish wins and the others literally get scooped by their own colleagues. That of course bred intense competition and secrecy, resulting in some nasty habits such as people not helping each other, Locks on the liquid nitrogen tanks that stored cells, and people hiding highly needed reagents and replacing them with reagents that were expired. When I joined the lab, I was actually instructed not to leave any of the notes on my table, not even any handwritten notes in my very rare mother tongue, um, or anywhere without a lock, because people were looking for clues in lab journals to further their own research. I thought it was a bit of an exaggeration, but a week later, I found that somebody actually went through all of the things that I had left in the office overnight. It was an ex- insane experience.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> oh, that's like one of the real horror stories that we hear about indeed.
0: Yeah, holy, holy. <laughs> that that That's just intense.
1: But it also just breeds an environment where people cheat and make mm-hmm. up stuff or like... Or you cannot trust your reagents that they are actually what they are. Mm-hmm. It doesn't breed an environment for good science at all.
0: No, and I mean you're sort of stuck working with three to four people. Uh, oh, apparently two or three people. Uh, if you're the fourth one, say, eh? and you have to sort of trust them. And if you're, if you're if you don't work along with it, you're 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 still just screwed. Mm. It's just I don't know. I, I can't imagine what, like, the application process for working at this department or this group was. Like, depend, like, if you work with some, like, if you meet the first few people and talk to them, they might either tell you amazing things or try, if they know that you're going to
1: be in their group. (laughs) Yeah, if
0: if you're going to be in their group and they think you might be actually useful, they'll they'll keep you around. But if you might end up in the other group, they're going to tell you horrible things about the department, which is true, apparently, uh, and to scare you away. So even, like, the the application for this job might be intense, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I would always talk to previous people who mm -hmm. worked in the lab to find out if this is a healthy environment to be in.
0: Yeah, then doing this for three, four, maybe even multiple years of your PhD.
1: Well, I mean, it's in the US, so you have, as a PhD student, less the, the... requirement of having three papers published as first author mm -hmm. but it could literally ruin your entire phd Mm -hmm. and i suppose it's also horrible horrible
0: i can only imagine the amount of potential fraud that happens in this Mm -hmm. this group or no
1: yeah okay
0: yes the next story we've titled this one pray for me and Uh, This one was uh, submitted by someone who wanted to give a a, a nickname, uh, and that is Shell. Uh, Where to begin? My first year was a write-off due to COVID. Apparently the uni rules meant that my supervisor wasn't really allowed to be in. Question mark. (laughs) Not sure how much of that I believe. I think he just enjoyed being at home with his family. This meant I was left in the hands of a postdoc that didn't really understand my project and was looking to leave. So she had mentally checked out. It didn't help that my project was quite open and had some pretty vague aims. In my second year, my project switched to something that ultimately didn't pan out to be all that interesting, so another year written off. In my third year, I discovered an interesting phenotype completely by accident, yay me, which has formed the core of my new project. It's exciting, but it does mean that I'm cramming three years of lab work into one, but it's okay. If I'm not finished in time, I can just sell my car and sell and self-fund for a few months like my supervisor did. Footnote, I will absolutely not be doing this. Uh, Pray for me.
1: (laughs) Good, don't do that. No. No. (laughs) Just because your supervisor did did that, that that's not good advice.
0: No, exactly. I mean, maybe it was more realistic when they did it or something, but it's, um, I don't know, it's not bad advice. (laughs) Mm. But uh, I think this is also the experience of a lot of PhD students where so many projects don't work out and finally something does and you sort of just need to brush work.
1: Yeah, and especially with COVID, that mm. also had some major impacts on some projects more than on others. But yeah. we are luck- We were lucky that in the Netherlands we could get back in quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And we managed to work online with our supervisors and everything. But
0: Yeah, and we got a, li- a few extra months of funding uh three yes (laughs) it it
1: helps (laughs) it did it did for sure
0: yes so yeah no definitely intense very so the next story is
1: yes well this one sounds eerily familiar jaron
0: i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) i plead the fifth
1: (laughs) ah yeah well some people who have heard uh, our um um cursed experiments three might might recognize this one Uh, but it's called flood of cells uh, my partner and I are both doing our PhDs at the same department. One fateful Sunday, we went to the department to finish up our experiments. She to her side of the department and me to mine. Uh, after scanning my badge to enter the lab, I noticed water coming from under the door of the MO1 Cell Culture Lab. All the lights in the rooms were turned off and it was pitch black. I opened the door expecting to find that someone had mistakenly left the faucet on or something, but that's not what I found. Instead, to my complete disbelief, the roof of the room had come down, there was a fog hanging in the room, with water pouring from the ceiling onto the cell culture hoods, and multiple devices, including the hoods, were beeping uncontrollably. That's a real horror scene. Yeah. The interesting thing also was that it was hot water coming down from the roof, though indeed there was, there was a fog hanging in that room.
0: How would you know that?
1: <laughs> I don't know anything. No. I, th- I think
0: we're just reading through the lines here. <laughs> No, but oh. uh, I can only imagine how, how distraught and uh, difficult this situation must be for whoever went through it.
1: <laughs> yes, Jaron. Zipping
0: yeah. cup of tea meaning absolutely nothing. It is a good
1: horror <laughs> story, though. That yeah. was, that. Was, I think it already went wrong when we went into the lab on Sunday. Yeah, someday. Someday, who's we? <laughs> <laughs> like That who that was where That was where everything um, Yeah, exactly. Went I wrong.
0: Mean, my thoughts exactly. Yes. Yes. But uh, intense. But yes. I, I I reading through the lines a little bit. It almost seems like there was more going on in terms of uh, the amount of destruction happening in here. <laughs> but uh, yeah.
1: I would recommend our our cursed experiment uh, episode for that.
0: For yes. the extended edition, to the, the extended director's
1: cut. <laughs> yes. Okay.
0: So our next story, the devil's advo supervisor. My supervisor told me two days before my submission deadline that if he were my examiner, he'd never pass me. I did end up passing passing and only with minor corrections. So sucks to be him. Luckily, this is a shorter one, but with, with a happy ending in the end. But that you, you How don't
1: want... can your supervisor not believe in like?
0: I mean, more long what what does saying that to your candidate? do other than like mess up the situation more like they're probably already stressed they're probably already worried they're you know and you're just like i need you to pass but i just want you to know i I wouldn't pass you no (laughs) i wouldn't be the one to pass you like i don't know some people need some serious like leadership management course or something but common sense is hard i guess
1: it is it is okay We are very excited to be able to introduce you to our new sponsor, Jenny AI. Not only does Jenny make our podcast possible, it also makes our life as scientists so much easier. Jenny is an all-in-one writing assistant that has everything that we have been missing in other AI tools.
0: Yes, first off, unlike other AI tools, it actually finds accurate information in papers and cites its sources. It does not make things up and only uses real verified information that you can then also check the source of.
1: Second, it's a writing assistant trained for academic papers and helps you write your paper by suggesting the next sentence or the end of your sentence. Or, if you get really stuck, you can ask it to write an entire paragraph, completely removing the writer's block I so often struggle with when I don't know the right words to make my point. It helped me write an introduction to a paper I've been struggling with in half an hour. It even suggests which papers to cite. You can add your own library or search the entire internet for papers, Just type the add symbol to easily add a reference and it gets automatically added to the reference
0: list. And the last thing we absolutely love is that it has an AI chatbot that can see your document and give feedback on how to improve your manuscript. Or you can ask it questions, such as what are the potential therapeutic benefits of dot dot dot, and it will search through the papers for you for the answer. I can only say that my stress level has gone down significantly since I started using Jenny. Check out the free version now at thestrugglingscientist.com slash Jenny. And if you love it, use the code SCIENCE20 for a 20% discount. Well, can you take us through our next slightly longer story?
1: Yes. Um, Our next story is called The Missing Opponent. And it's from somebody who gave us a nickname, Tula. Okay. I'm finishing the first year of my PhD at a public research center in Southern Mexico. Here in this institution, not the Mexican universities overall... We have an odd custom of presenting our research protocol to a group of supervisors plus three external readers and defending our protocol like anyone would defend their dissertation during a two-hour examination. It's a milestone for every student and this must occur before the 31st of August or you're out of the PhD program. Yeah, we can already see where this is going, huh? I managed to find external readers from different universities, and in early June, everybody agreed on a date and a time in mid-August. The grad school dean sent an official invite. I sent a number of reminders as the date came closer, and when it was time for everybody to jump on the team's meeting and start the presentation, one of the external readers didn't join. After 15 minutes of waiting for him, the student services representative said, that the presence of all three readers was mandatory and without one, the presentation couldn't occur. I had to find a new reader who was on board with the project and available, submit a request, change the reader, wait for approval, juggle with the schedule of six professors in five different time zones and submit my mark for the protocol in less than two weeks. I somehow made it. But it's horrifying that the rules put my permanence in the program in the hands of somebody who couldn't set up their eye call. I still have to collaborate with that professor and his team because they work with the same species I do.
0: Wow. That's that
1: more thriller than horror. Yeah, no, that, like
0: suspense. suspense <laughs> <snack>. <laughs> yeah, oh my wow. God. Yeah, and also like the kicker of still having to work with that person, just mm, wow.
1: You cannot even get rid of them.
0: No. But really, I mean, I get like it's weird that this university specifically has this weird like setup that you need to get this approval.
1: There are also other places where after the first year, mm. you have to do some sort of defense of your project or your. Tool. No,
0: for sure, for sure. But yeah, you know, but it's not apparently common in all. Mexican university, so it's like very specific to this university, or somewhat more specific, I guess. But yeah, super or external supervisor reader that can't schedule. <laughs> yeah,
1: yes, our yeah. last story already.
0: Yes, hopefully one of our. I don't know if the, we've we've had this submissions maybe before. Not sure. <laughs> it sounds familiar. So our last story is called It Came From The Ceiling. Uh, So the story goes as follows. It was nothing special, just a routine check of the ventilation in the ML2 lab of my department. But as the ventilation person started checking, he discovered a massive green and white bulk of fungus just growing everywhere in the ventilation system and and the roof of the ML2. Needless to say, this was the origin of numerous fungal infections the lab had had uh, for the last couple of months. The worst part is that Perhaps this might have been avoided had we gone through with checking the ML tube as well uh, when we had the infection problems earlier, uh, the couple of months earlier, uh, with the ML1. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Infections, man. They, they... Oh, they're the
1: worst. And fungus. Yep. Like, oh.
0: I don't know how, I guess some labs just like have it every now and then and it just goes away and they manage to clear it or everyone just do, doesn't talk about well, it. Well, if it's just,
1: in the ceiling, you it, are not it, getting rid of it no, by any cleaning you're doing anywhere.
0: No, exactly. But yeah.
1: It's intense. Yes. There's <laughs> no other way to say
0: it. it. Yeah. Months of PhD work just gone because of one fungal infection. Yeah, happened. well, every
1: time you start setting up or you start like defrosting your knockout cell line or anything, mm. and you can throw it all away again. And pretty soon you're out of cells. Yep, you will have frozen a lot, but still, they, it's not an unlimited batch, so it's horrible.
0: Yep, resources, the time, and also just it's just a ticking time bomb. You just know, like, okay, even if you clear up the roof and everything, is it going to happen again mm. just randomly?
1: For sure. Fungus is
0: so horrible. Yep. But it comes in pretty colors sometimes.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Maybe, I like your positivity. Yes,
0: Maybe you can just like dress up as a fungal infection. Just scare a couple of PG students like that.
1: That would be a good Halloween costume. Yep.
0: Write that down, Suzanne. That needs to go in the merch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think we had some really, really... Interesting. Uh, horrible stories. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I hope that everybody enjoyed listening to them. Yes. Uh, all together, we can just enjoy each other's pain and suffering.
0: Yes. And Halloween. And Halloween. <laughs> so.
1: Okay. If you like this episode, then you can follow us or leave us a rating on your favorite podcast listening platform. And this really helps us out and makes this podcast pl- uh, possible. So please do that. If you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, you can reach out to us via our website, com. You can also check out our website for some really cool science-inspired merch. And to sign up for the awesome Journal of the Struggling Scientist, a.k.a. our newsletter. Uh, and you can follow us on social media. Jaron Switch again.
0: Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube.
1: Yes, definitely. For every, anybody who has been following us on our other podcast platform where we don't have video, we are a video podcast now too. So you can check us out on YouTube as well. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope to see you again next time. Bye.
0: Bye. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs>